1: What is going on, everybody? And welcome back. The, I hope you guys can see me okay. But it's the Friday edition of the NHL's Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. Hope all my American amigos had a good Thanksgiving. I am joined by uh, my co-host, as usual, some Cliffy. Little Jordan flu game for him. How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, not uh, feeling the greatest today. Kind of felt like this way all week. Just starting to get worse as the week gets on i guess but uh we are here to talk uh dfs and not uh whether or not i stayed up coffee last night um (laughs) great break yesterday for thanksgiving so um hope you had a good thanksgiving you're uh out on the west coast uh visiting family so good for you to get some good weather get some travel in get out of the house a little bit um kind of weird that i like i really don't like this nhl schedule and i get why they do it because a lot of people in america take uh today off um just to make it a little four-day weekend i just wish we had a, a few games to talk about yesterday but we didn't uh instead today we have uh full uh day of games nice seven gamer here tonight uh pretty excited about this slate actually i one thing i wrote about in uh i wrote about uh, this slate over at stochastic.com, a free article for anybody to read about some DFS picks for tonight. One thing I mentioned is that with the way they split this slate today, a lot of the big games that were supposed to play this afternoon are not going to be on the slate tonight, right? Um, obviously that Colorado Nashville game was canceled because uh, the Nashville rink flooded. So Nashville and Colorado not playing today. Um but you know, you don't, we don't have to worry about the Boston top line. We don't have to worry about uh, Austin Matthews going into Minnesota. We don't have to worry about Alex Ovechkin uh, or how the flames are going to run their lines. We don't have to worry about Sidney Crosby. Like there's a lot of, a lot of the big names are not going to be on uh, tonight's slate despite uh, playing today. So I kind of like slates like this because it feels like you can go just about anywhere and be justified with it.
1: Yeah. There are a couple of chalky spots as usual, like, Detroit's in a good spot, although they're not getting much ownership. Uh, you know, Tampa's on the slate. We got the Blues top line. We have Islanders with a huge total going into Columbia. Like Vegas is on the slate. There's still a lot of big options here. Like Dallas top line is going to be very chalky tonight, and we'll talk about them. I don't know. There's a nice late hammer. You know, the Kings Sharks, of, you know, both sides of that game. This is a fun seven-game slate. I'm just glad we're not talking about 15 games, you know, in 55 minutes having to really like push the pace just to get the last game in so seven games might be able to actually talk about some stuff for a little bit here but before we get into the slate make sure to give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows dfs offers giveaways and much more once you subscribe hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live don't forget almost all of our content is available in podcast form You, you know whatever platform you like listening to your podcast on. I'm sure it's on there. Help us out by leaving a five star review. Sorry if I'm a little dark. I tried being out in the sun and it was just too bright. But you know, should be all sun, right.
2: Sun shining off your off your head was it?
1: Yeah, no. My my ball dome just reflecting and I couldn't I couldn't, you know, it was just too much. So here I am in the shade. Hope you guys can hear me all right. I have my mic. So hopefully. But uh you know, I like this slate. And it is, you know, 11 a.m. here, which is completely throwing me off, but we'll we'll get through it. New <laughs> Jersey Devils with a 3.6 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.1 total. Uh, unconfirmed on the goalies here in the lineup builder right now. Uh, Akira Schmid, probable. Craig Anderson, also probable. And before we get into this game, I see we have a $10 super chat from Clayton. Thank you, Clayton, for your $10 super chat. It says, left coast host, Yes. I'm the only one in my family who's still on the right coast. Everyone else is out on the left coast. I'm still stuck in beautiful New Jersey. <laughs> Actually, where I am is pretty nice, but most of New Jersey, pretty awful. Like flying out of Newark yesterday, one, a miserable experience. But thank you very much for the $10 Super Chat. I will be out here all weekend doing the shows out here tomorrow at 6 a.m. for you guys. So that, that will be fun. But, yeah, yeah. Devil Savers, another one of this game – like. This is a pretty good game. And the bigger total, the road total here on the Devils, it's a bigger total in the game. And they're getting less ownership here. Tage Thompson line has been uh, firing on all cylinders here. Although this is going to be a tough matchup, depending who Tage Thompson goes out against. If he's going out against Nico Heischer, they're just going to grind that game to a halt. Um, but, you know, they're getting nine ish percent right now. It seems a little high for a team that is, you know, I mean, I know they lost to Toronto, but before that they won 12, 13 in a row. So I'm on the devil side here, bigger total favors. Aren't very good defensively. That's where I'm looking.
2: Yeah. Um, there is a lot to like about the New Jersey side. What's not to like uh, is potential line combinations. Um, they did practice yesterday. They only have, as far as I know, they only have the one reporter covering their practices uh, that's Amanda Stein, and she's—I uh, think—believe I she's even employed by the team. She just is kind of, uh, yeah, just kind of spread stories or whatever. She didn't have official line combinations, but she did say that Jesper Bratt and Nico Hishir were skating together uh, in that practice. That was—I believe—that's how they finished their last game against Toronto as well. Bratt was moved uh, off the Hishir or off the Hughes line, sorry, and alongside Nico Hishir. So. As of right now, we're just kind of guessing as to what the lines are going to be. Like, I think, assuming they leave Bratt with his share, it'll be probably be uh, Tatar, uh, his share, and Jesper Bratt on the top line. Uh, and then the second line, something like Diego, Sharon Govich, Jack Hughes, Dawson Mercer. That's what they went with um, towards the end of the last game. Maybe they just go right back to that. We don't know exactly what the lines are going to be. But if his and brat are together, like that's a duo that has been really, really good for them this year. Whenever, you know, when they have gotten the chance to skate together, uh, but only about 70 minutes, which isn't a lot. Um, you know, it's about six games worth of ice time, roughly, um, but three and a half expected goals for generated 5.9 actual goals scored. Now, obviously they're not going to keep shooting 16% together as they had been. Um, but brat is uh like uh, has turned elite um, into helping his teammates generate scoring chances and generating scoring chances for himself. So he should be able to help uh, Nico Hishir in that department. Uh, Hissier and Tatar have just been absolutely great together. Like Tatar looks like a player, the player that he was like five, six years ago. It kind of seemed like, you know, he was maybe a year away from being out of the NHL entirely. And now he's playing extremely well on the top line with Hishir. So, Assuming it's Hischer, Brat, and Tatar, I think that's the line that I would go to, because now you get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit together. Um, Hischer's been playing 20-plus minutes a game, even as, you know, the rest of the ice time has been more evenly distributed than it was earlier in the season. Um, like I said, Brat and, and Hisher have been playing really, really well together. I mean, almost everybody on New Jersey has played well together this year. You don't reel off 10 straight, 12 straight wins without that happening. Um, so I do like Hishir, brat um, and Tatar, assuming that they're together. Again, we'll find out uh, when warmups hit. But that's kind of the way I'm leading here. Like as for the line matching, the Sa- Sabers have been kind of wonky on that um, of late. Like they had earlier in the season, they were actually using the Casey Middlestat line uh, in a shutdown role at home. Um, Kelsapriest, they got away from that um, and started using Dylan Cousins a little bit more. Um, and then they backed off from that once they put Teterka, Paterka and Quinn on his wings and started using the Thompson line a little bit in shutdown role. So, I, like, I don't know exactly how they're going to match up. I'm going to assume they'll just go top six versus top six and, you know, let the chips kind of fall where they may. Um The Quinn-Paterka-Cousins line on the Buffalo side has actually looked pretty good together, but it's been a small sample. They've only skated um, – About 40 minutes together. Now, they're wildly outplaying the opposition in those 40 minutes together. But do you want to just rely uh, on on 40 minutes of ice time? And, you know, their last two games were St. Louis and Montreal. Not exactly, you know, the elite of the elite in the NHL. So maybe they were able to pump up some numbers uh, against some lesser defensive lines, let's say. They're definitely not going to get that break here. Uh, in New Jersey. So that's why I don't think the lineup matching really matters that much uh, in this game. I think the history Brat line should be able to get some run uh, regardless on the Buffalo side. I did mention how well that kid line was playing uh, for Buffalo. The problem is, is that Buffalo is kind of spreading out the ice time between the second and third lines between their line um, and the middle stat line. They're all probably going to play somewhere in like that 13 to 16 minute range. Like, they're not going to get heavy minutes. They might end up, you know, third in the pecking order, uh, depending how the game goes in ice time. So there's a little bit of concern about how much ice time they're they're going to get, at least, you know, at least a little bit of concern on my part. Um, you know, I, I think somebody like, you know, uh, Jack Quinn, um, he's been shooting the puck a lot um, lately, especially since he returned from injury. I think he's fine as a one-off. Like I think Victor Olofsson, um is fine as a one-off as well. But if I'm stacking, I'm just going to the Buffalo top line. Like they have been just so good this year 3.8 expected goals for per 60 minutes at five on five, four and a half actual goals scored. You know, the line's shooting 12.9%, which might be a little bit high. But if they finish at 12% for the season, I think that, you know, sounds perfectly reasonable for just how much offense they generate and how good they are offensively. Now, obviously, it's a tough matchup against New Jersey. New Jersey's been. One of the best defensive teams, if not the best defensive team uh, in the league so far this season. But what I will say is that if Thompson is going to see, you know, let's say half of their ice time against that second line Jack Hughes line, without um, Jesper Bratt or Nico Hisher alongside him, Jack Hughes's defensive numbers this year by expected goals against our round league average. By by no means bad, absolutely not. But, you know, relative to the rest of the New Jersey Devils, certainly not good, and league average uh, is definitely beatable. And we're showing that top line with – oh, did we get a bird for the Buffalo top line? We did. Uh, something to keep in mind. Um, they're going to probably going to come in maybe single-digit ownership, like single-digit ownership in a home game on a seven-game slate for how good this Buffalo top line has been, even if they are the most expensive line on the slate. I really do like them. I wrote them up today uh, in the power play article because I, I don't think they're going to catch a lot of ownership here tonight. I think they might get a decent matchup uh, against that Hughes line for some of their five-on-five matching at least. So it is Buffalo one that that I like the most, just flat out, um, even considering price on the Saber side. But I think of all the lines in this game, assuming Tatar, Hishier and Brad are together because Buffalo doesn't have a very good penalty kill. Uh, sometimes that top line does like to trade chances, so maybe Hisher and Brat can kind of take advantage of that. I think it's Tatar, hisher and Brat that I like most in this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I do like Buffalo one at that ownership, assuming you know it stays under ten percent. Just because they've just been absolutely nuts recently, you get them under ten percent on a seven game slate. You kind of ride the wave there. On the, side, I agree with you as well. Whatever line Brat is on is the line I want to play just because, you know, if Brad's with Hughes, you get Bratton Hughes on the power play. If Brad's with Heisher, you get Bratton Heisher on the power play, uh, and you go about your day uh, there. So surprisingly, not too much ownership on this game, despite being, you know, some pretty big totals. Let's move to the blue line here. I think Dougie Hamilton at 6,800 is perfectly acceptable. Same with, you know, Rasmus-Balene, 8,100 is a little bit more expensive there. But, you know, if you can get him in, With a Buffalo stack, you have a secondary stack that you like. I think you add them in there. Um, Otherwise, you know, Graves or Owen Power. You know, maybe, you know, Joki Haru is Min Price again, so maybe him as well.
2: Yeah, Yoko Haru was like, believe it or not, of all the defensemen in this game is the one that kind of stuck out to me because I think he put up the block bonus in the last game. Uh, played over 22 minutes and he's still just min price. and like New Jersey's a team that shoots the puck a lot I think they're still leading the NHL in shots per 60 minutes uh, so far this season so you know if Yokoharu gets 22 23 minutes against him I think he could get the block bonus again here and for 2500 you don't really need a lot much a lot more than that so like on a Dollar per point or, uh, yeah, dollar per point basis. I think I like Yokohariu best, at least on DraftKings. I will mention uh, Jonas Siegenthaler over on FanDuel. Um, I think his price is more reasonable there than it is uh, on DK. So, you know, outside of the normal expensive guys, I think it's Yokohariu or or Siegenthaler that I like here.
1: Yeah. You know, if you need a min price punt, definitely Yokohariu. I wouldn't like go out of my way just to throw Yokohariu in there if you don't need to, but if you're down in that range, Perfectly acceptable. Let's move on to the next game: the Arizona Coyotes with a two-point-six total, heading into <clears throat> heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a three-point-four total. Uh, Vimelka is confirmed. Ville Huso is either probable or confirmed. Again, like the Wings have a big total here. Vimelka has been great recently, but the Wings' top line coming in around four or five percent on DraftKings.
0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Almost on par
1: with the second line here. Um, I know v- Vimalco's been great, but fully correlated on the power play five percent like talk me out of some wings here if you can
2: uh i mean i think it's going to be tough to do that considering i wrote up uh david perron in that yeah. article here today um now the reason i lead detroit one over detroit two is a couple reasons i mean we talked about it on the last show with detroit as well but that it doesn't matter who's playing with Andrew cop. Kopp. Andrew cop's just playing so poorly this year that he's dragging down any wingers that he gets put with. It doesn't matter if it's Lucas Raymond. It doesn't matter if it's Tyler Bertuzzi doesn't matter if it's Dominic Kubalik or David Perron or whomever. Um, he's just had like, not just a bad start, like for him, I mean, a bad start as in he, if he wasn't making five and a half or 6 million a year or whatever, he'd probably be a healthy scratch. Um, he's just not playing well at all. Uh, It's hockey, any line, any team can get there on any given night. But uh, given the way that they're playing, um, I think I would probably just go right back to Detroit 1. Now, they don't have a big sample together, but at least, you know, they're above water by expected goal share, generating 2.6 expected goals per 60 minutes. Um, The wingers aren't getting a ton of ice time, like 16, 17 minutes of late, which is a little bit of an issue because it's not as if they're super cheap. Um, you know, Kublik is 6,300 Peron's 5,900, uh, over on DraftKings. The entire stack is almost 20 K. That is pretty pricey, uh, for a line where the wingers might only play 16 minutes. And this isn't the, (coughs) pardon me. This isn't the Dallas top line either. Like they're not super efficient with their scoring. So, I do have a little bit of concern that maybe they're getting that the price is too high, but the ownership, you're right, seems like right in that wheelhouse. It's the same thing with Buffalo one, just, you know, not facing New Jersey. They're facing Arizona instead. So I do like that Detroit top line. A a bigger reason is now that all those guys are on the top power play unit together, um, the big thing that I wrote about in the power plays article, again, free to read on stochastic.com, is uh David Perron's impact on the power play. Um, compared to playing without him, um the choice power plays generate over 20% more shot attempts. Goals have increased, and that's pretty important when you're talking about uh, a line that's nearly 20k on DraftKings. You need um, some good power play production now. Arizona's penalty kill is actually not that bad. Um, even, you know, uh, in November, as we might expect their numbers to slide as the season wears on, they've been, like, middle of the league uh, by a lot of metrics. The problem is is that they take a ton of penalties. They're at 4.3 times shorthanded per game, which leads the league uh, in time shorthanded. So even though um, they have an average-ish penalty kill, they're on pace to give up 65 power play goals against this season. Um and Detroit is very good at drawing power plays as well. Um, they're above average in that regard. So yeah, I, I do like Detroit one. I know people are probably going to go to Detroit too, because they are cheap and they can get you, you know, if you're playing super expensive Tampa Bay or super expensive Vegas or, or something like that, they help you get to those lines. Um, but I, Detroit one is just a better line. Um, they're going to get uh, more power play minutes. They've been better on the power play. Um, Yeah, it is Detroit one that I like in this game. On the flip side, do we have to talk about Arizona? Like, here's the thing. It's like Detroit's not really big, great defensively. Like, um, you know, the top line has been fine in their, you know, limited minutes together. Uh, But Detroit has struggled defensively as a team this year. I think they're giving up the ninth most shots um, per 60 minutes in the league. And over the last couple years in over 500 minutes together, Keller and Schmaltz are scoring 3.9 goals per 60 minutes. That's pretty high. Um, they've been, they've been able to score whenever they do get ice time, whenever they do get minutes. Now a problem here is that Detroit's penalty kill is pretty good. Um, and Arizona uh, does dr- derive a lot of their value from the power play, but I, like I don't really hate like a Keller Schmaltz two man here uh, from the Arizona side, uh, you know, certainly not something I'm focusing around. Um, I don't even think you have to get there in, you know, in your single entries, but if you're playing, you know, mul- multiple lineups here today, I think you have to at least consider a little bit of Arizona one. I think some one-off loss in Krause, uh makes sense still. Um, I think he scored twice in their last game, that four, nothing win in Carolina. He's still shooting the puck. He's looking like, finally developed into the prospect that Arizona can hope he can be. So don't mind him like kind of as a one-off here, Um, but it's Arizona top line. Like I don't mind considering them at least, but I think it's the Detroit top line. That's easily the best play here in this game.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, we have to mention Arizona top line here. The problem is in like, if you're making one to three lineups, they're coming in with more ownership than the, than the uh, Detroit top line. I know it's different price points, but it's still worth noting if you're getting into like twenty to one hundred and fifty, I think you know having Arizona in your mix is perfectly fine. Detroit's not very good defensively. They do have a good penalty kill, and Ville huso is coming off a shutout. But that Arizona top line does produce, so they should be in your mix. I wouldn't. This isn't like a spot where you just go into to, to uh, Fantasy Cruncher and X them out completely. If they get into your, into your lineups, if they get into your lineups. I don't know if you have to force them in. I do like that call in Lawson Krause. Like Nick Buchstad on that line, kind of re- reviving his career a little bit. You know, I think we already just spent too much time talking about the coyotes, but I think there is some MME plays on that side. Let's get to the blue line. Moreitz Cedar, if you're using Detroit one, correlates on the power play there. Don't know like if you need one of the power play quarterbacks on the yote side. If if you're if you're afraid of the you know the wings penalty kill. And you just want peripherals. Jacob Chikrin at 6,200 would be preferred over Ghost at 5,800. Uh, Dyson Mayo, <laughs> min-priced. But I, I think I'd rather just play Jokey Haru at min-priced there.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> Mayo was actually one guy I wanted to mention because there are a couple injuries on the Arizona blue line, and Mayo jumped up to 17 minutes in their last game at min price. I mean, I don't mind playing him. He's, he's just another one of those min price okay. guys that you can get to if you need a $2,500 defenseman. Um it is Jacob chicken that I mentioned. Like, like I said, uh, Detroit does give up a lot of shots. Um, the ninth most per game or per 60 minutes in the NHL. And over the last three years, chicken has reached the DraftKings shot bonus in every five games, once every five games. And in that power plays article, I put a reference point of Dougie Hamilton, Dougie Hamilton's at once every 4.6 games. So like chicken's not that far off. And when you consider who he plays for, Uh, that's pretty good. Now, you need more than just a shot bonus on DraftKings for him to really pay off here tonight, but I think Arizona can do it. So, I don't mind Chickering as an expensive option here. Um, On the Detroit side, I bring it up every time they play, but like Jake Wallman um, is a guy that I've always uh, really liked. Um, Well, not always, but over the last few years, I just think he needs more of a shot. And his ice time has risen in three straight games since he returned from injury. I think he's gone from like 13, 20 to 16 to 17 minutes. Now, you're not going to get much more than 17 minutes out of him, but he, I think he is a good offensive defenseman. So I'll just mention Wallman as another one of those uh, $2,500 guys. I I worry about more at Cedar, man. Like I, I know he's had some good games recently, but all those games are basically um, – driven by point production like he reaches the block bonus every once in a while but he's not shooting the puck at all um so you're relying on blocks and assists pretty much from him like it's fine because it's arizona but i don't know if i'm like super i would be super hyped to play him
1: yeah um i used him last late he had three blocks and one shot on goal and it was fine but like at 5900 you're definitely gonna want more um yeah it is, it is really nice out, and it was really dry in New Jersey, so I know some people are, are worried about me, but I do have my feet in a vat of mayo right now. So There's I waiting, that. I
2: was just waiting for that joke to come.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As we mentioned on the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a no-brainer offer for you. Bet $10 and win 200 If any team scores a goal during the World Cup, there have been plenty of goals during the World Cup. Uh, so... What are you waiting for? Especially in Maryland, where sports betting just became legal. Congrats to you guys! Mountain California still under, you know, some weird laws. We're not allowed to sports bet, but if you're out in Maryland, congrats to you guys! Sign up for BetMGM. Very easy. Make an account. Bet ten dollars on a World Cup soccer game pregame money line. Get two hundred dollars in free bets. Uh, offers, uh, offers available in all states except New York, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, and Ontario. At the end of the two-week period, this promo ends December 4th. The offer will only be available in Kansas, Illinois, and Louisiana. So get on that now while you can, while the World Cup's still going. Get your $200 in free bets, and we'll move on to the next game. St. Louis Blues, 2.7 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.7 total. Vasilevsky is confirmed. I would imagine we see Jordan Bennington tonight. Looks like the lines are status quo on the blue side. Um, there were Alex, Alex Barry Boulay is into the lineup for Tampa. He's down on the third line. Anthony Sorelli did skate. Not sure if he's going to be in. I don't think it's going to be like if he is in, I don't think they're going to change up the top six. So he might, you know, slide it onto that third line with Boulet and Colton or Nemestikoff, whatever it is. But if you are down on the bottom six of Tampa here tonight, um, just be aware. During warm-up skates, um, yeah, pretty uh, substantial ownership on the Tampa power play guys here. Um, not much ownership on the Blues top line. Now, it's not the best matchup, but as we mentioned on the show a lot when Tampa is playing their penalty kill is not great. And that blues top line is fully correlated on the top power play. They are only what 16,000, the full stack on DraftKings. That is a fairly reasonable price. I don't know if I'm going to get them to them in one to three, but like at that ownership, even in 20 max, it won't take much to get over the field. And it could be, this could be a sneaky spot, but for me, I'm on the Tampa power play guys.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Hegel, Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, those four guys uh, are, what have, are what are interesting to me uh, in this game. The point I'll make about Sorelli is that if he does return, I wonder if he, like, I I don't think he gets into the top six right away because he's been out all season. That I think maybe they might, might, yeah, might want to ease him in, but maybe he takes Kalorens' spot because. There were times last year, um, last couple of years really, where Sorelli played the left wing uh, on the second line with Stamkos taking face-offs. Now, obviously, Nick Paul's there. He, he can take faceoffs as well. But I don't wonder if he re- replaces Alex Kalorn. I guess we'll find out at warm-ups. At least it's, it's one of the early lock games, so we'll know for sure. Uh, I'm not anticipating Sorelli uh, to jump up there. Um, just want people to kind of be on their toes about that in case they are playing that Tampa second line. Um, yeah, the Tampa top line's been very, very good this year. Three point seven expected goals for per for sixty minutes, but they're only shooting seven point five percent. Now, that's incredibly unusual for uh, a Braden Point Nikita Kucherov line. So you got to figure that's going to come up um, at some point. I kind of w- we're uh, wonder about line matching here as well. Um, like, which line do, do do teams consider the top line? I know in the last. I think it was their last game with Brandon Sod out. Um, teams matched up uh, up against um, the Thomas Buchnevich line. Now, now with Tarasenko back and Brandon Sod's back, and he's they're on the top line with Ryan O'Reilly. I assume that they'll just match Sam Stamkos uh, up against Ryan O'Reilly. So that'll leave uh, Point Kucherov and Hagel to go out against Thomas Cairo and Buchnevich. Now they don't have a massive sample together, but. Um, Below average defensive numbers in 80 minutes together over the last couple of years. Um, Thomas and Bucinavich, uh typically don't have uh, great defensive numbers together. They're just really good offensively, so they can balance it out in their favor quite often. Um, but I think it is a pretty good matchup for that Tampa Bay top line now. They're coming in with a lot of ownership. I think that's kind of expected. Our top stacks tool on DraftKings has them you know, right around that 15% mark a lot less over on FanDuel um, because they are, um, you know, almost 24K over on FanDuel here today. But
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
2: um, most goals against, uh, on the penalty kill in the month of November per 60 minutes and most shots against on the penalty kill in the month of November, uh, the St. Louis penalty kill has just been very, very bad. Now the flip side to that is St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties. Um, so on the season, um, they're allowing the first, they have the fewest time shorthanded per game of any team in the NHL. But Tampa does draw a lot of power plays. And I think against a penalty kill this bad, they don't really need, you know, they don't need five or six power plays to get there. They can probably do it at three, um, three or four or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I really do like the Tampa top line here tonight. Um, I think even at, you know, you know, mid-teens ownership on DraftKings, I think that's perfectly acceptable uh, for this matchup. Um, You know, especially where they're going to see the the top line is going to see a lot of that, of that Thomas, Cairo, uh Bucinavich line. So it is Tampa 1 that I like the most here. On the St. Louis side, like, I kind of get um, going to Bucinavich, uh Thomas, and Cairo especially where the Tampa penalty kill isn't really that good. But St. Louis doesn't really draw a lot of power plays. Uh, 2.7 per game, that's amongst the lowest in the league, um, 30th in the league, actually and power play opportunities per game. So if they only get like two or three, like can they get there even against a penalty kill that's not that great? I I, I don't think I would get to St. Louis in a single entry uh, here today, but if I were playing 20 lineups, there's something like that, 20, 50, 150, whatever it is, I probably I would have interest in Cairo Buchnevich, uh and Thomas. Um, but, you know, Kucherov is starting to shoot a lot. Um, his ice time has gone back up after a little dip of late. Uh, it's the Kucherov-Point-Hagel line that I like here.
1: Yeah, and they're actually 13, 14, 18, 8. They're cheaper than the Detroit top line. So,
2: yeah, $1,000 cheaper, yeah. like 900 whatever.
1: So, yeah, I mean, ownership is very warranted there. Plenty of ways to get different if you want to play them, though. Moving to the blue line, uh, on the blue side, not much there, really. Like, the prices on DraftKings are a bit – insane insane yeah Thank you yeah insane on the on the tampa side you know if you want to add in sergachev at 6700 that's fine like you mentioned on a previous show he hasn't been great on the power play so it might be a matter of time before Hedman takes that spot over 6300 i think he's fine other than that like chernak 3500 is all right i guess
2: yeah. Uh, the St. Louis prices on the defensemen are t- like Colton pareco at 5k is just absolutely hilarious considering, uh, what that guy's done, not just this year, but in the last couple seasons. Um, so yeah, nothing for me, uh, at least on DK Pareco on FanDuel, I think he's 3,600. So I think, yeah, I don't know if that's perfectly playable on FanDuel if you need a super cheap defenseman, but I, I, I don't really like any defenseman in this game I don't think. Like I think Sergachev is overpriced. Like he's not awful. I think he's fine to use. I definitely I don't think I'd be playing Hedman. Hedman has 0 20 plus DraftKings games, 20 plus points DraftKings games on the season. And that includes, you know, he had he played the first, you know, what, 11 12 games on the top power play unit. All the power play guys were healthy. Like 0 games with 20 DraftKings points. Like um so would be the guy, but I, I honestly don't like any defenseman in this game. Figure
1: that noise? My uncle has have a tortoise, a big tortoise. He's, like, running over, like, all these things right now. So sorry about that. It's just hilarious seeing a tortoise. like He's, like, skiing right now. Uh, let's move on to the next game. New York Islanders with a 3.6 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.8 total. Ilya Sorokin against Junus Korpisalo. Um Let's talk some chalk here. I under second line, chalkiest line of the night. I mean, I guess it's for a good reason. Like, they're probably going to avoid the Jenner line. I would imagine. Yeah. So they're going to get like a Rossif-Kent Johnson line or a Cylinder China, uh, chinakov line. Like, it's an excellent matchup. I just, you know, at that ownership, it just, you know, Brock Nelson projected on DraftKings at thirty-one percent right now. Andrews Lee projected on DraftKings twenty-two percent. Anthony Beauvillier projected almost 25%. Like they are cheap. It is a very good matchup. I just I never feel comfortable eating Islanders chalk. They're on the road. They have a massive total. I guess you could go to that top line, but like Simone Holstrom, I like Barzell one off is probably my where, where I go on the islander side. What are you what are you doing with this islander second line?
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, uh, Simon Holmstrom, Simone Holmstrom um, oh, on the yeah I don't on, on the top line for the Islanders. Um, he has like five points in in seventeen AHL games or fifteen AHL games or whatever it is so far this season. Um, I looked at some uh, historical uh, scoring comps for him uh, as a prospect. None of them are very good. So um, you know, between him on the top line, who knows how long he lasts there. Oliver Wallstrom. You know, I'll say this about Wallstrom. At least he's playing 12 minutes a night consistently now. Um, we're not worrying about the seven and eight minute games. But even, you know, if you get 12 minutes out of Wallstrom and Holmstrom's, you know, getting Cal clutterbucked by the second period, um, I agree with you. I think it's a Barzal one off. Now, what to do about that ownership on Islanders, too? Because you're right. Like Gojo, Jenner, and Nyquist are going to be sent out quite a bit uh, against Barzal, I assume. That Islanders second line has been very leaky defensively, um, but they do have Ilya Sorokin behind them, so you know that helps a lot. Uh, but they are generating quite a bit offensively as well. Two point nine expected goals for in 150 minutes together this year. Five on five, three point nine um, actual goals for. Um, Brock Nelson was a guy that I wrote up uh, in the power plays article uh, today over on DraftKings. Uh, going back. Uh, three seasons he has uh, he has a 35 goal pace uh per 82 games over his last 3 years um and he's shooting more this year he's over 3 shots per game so you know he was a guy where you know maybe he'd be at 2.3 or 2.4 and you'd have to worry about some real bad dfs games but he's actually getting um some pretty good uh shots off so uh, yeah there is a lot of ownership here but i do kind of like the matchup um one thing I looked at was how Columbus performed since those injuries. Like they had, they lost all their defensemen uh, about two weeks ago. Zach Wierenski, uh injured, Adam Bachfist injured, Nick Blankenberg injured. Uh, like a game later, Jake Dean was injured. So I looked at how Columbus has performed. Now, it, it, in prior shows, we talked about how Columbus's penalty kill actually hadn't been bad this year, and it wasn't. But once they lost all those defensemen, their penalty kill has fallen apart. Over the last two weeks, there's no team in hockey allowing more shots on the penalty kill than the Columbus Blue Jackets. And you get uh, Nelson and Lee on the top power play unit. So I know there is a lot of ownership on the Islanders' second line, and that makes them, you know, like you said, easily the, the most negatively leveraged line on the slate here tonight. But I also think there are a lot of different ways you can stack the Islanders here with how bad that Columbus penalty kill has been playing since they lost those defensemen uh, and still come in with a pretty reasonable combination. Like like you, you can add a Mar- Matt Barzal instead of Anthony Beauvillier. You can add a JG Pajot instead of Anthony Beauvillier or Brock Nelson. Uh, you can add either of those guys and take out Anders Lee You can put Noah Dobson on the blue line. Like because they have power play forwards across three different lines, I think there is – there's easily ways to get unique uh, stacking the Islanders here. So I still have interest in the Islanders second line. Yeah, they're going to come in massively owned, I think for good reason. And I think there are enough ways that you can get different uh, with the line stack. So I'm still in on Islanders too. Columbus one is kind of interesting here. Uh, You have Gojo and Jenner playing with uh, Gustav Nyquist, not coming in with much ownership as they probably shouldn't be. Uh, given uh, the injuries on the blue line and then facing Ilya Sorokin. But they are generating offense. Three expected goals per 60 minutes and 100 minutes together. 3.4 actual goals. Those are pretty good. Um, You know, you get two out of three guys on the top power play. You know, their power play sucks, but it is what it is. Um, You know, it's not as if the Islanders' top line with Garza and Wallstrom have been elite offensively or anything. They've been a little bit worse than league average. It's just they have Ilya Sorokin behind them. So... I don't mind um, taking uh, a stab at the Columbus top line here tonight. Um, I know facing Sorokin sucks, but uh, the coming not coming in with much ownership. But uh, yeah, it's you know it's the newer it's the Islanders power play guys that I like the most in this game.
1: Yeah, and if you really want to get different, you know all these guys will come in individually high owned. But if you full on stack power play stack the islanders you have to use all three center positions not many people are going to do that on DraftKings. you obviously you can't full power play stack on FanDuel, but if you do want to get different on DraftKings and you just love the matchup and you're worried about ownership just full-on power play stack them. you'll be able to fit pretty much anything you want after that because you know JG pageo is 2700 barzell is not overpriced like the highest the highest priced guy would be noah dobson let's get to the blue line I do really like No Dobson tonight at 6,100. Um, you know, Ryan Pulock down to 3,500. I think you can play him as well. On the Columbus side, it's probably just Gavrikov, and he's kind of in a no-man's-land price. I guess Erica Branson at 3,100.
2: Yeah, I, I mentioned Adam Pellick in the Power Plays article as well, um, just because he is leading um, the Islanders' defenseman in nice time over the last couple weeks. Now, a lot of them are pretty close together. Like, they have five guys between, like, 19 and 22 minutes so you know he's not way out ahead but pelic pulak i think are just fine i do like noah dobson in this game for that you know for the power play reasons that we spoke about earlier i think andrew peak is pretty fine over on DraftKings. um he tends to block a lot of shots price is reasonable at 3600 but yeah it's probably peak a good branson for me on columbus but i'll be honest i think it's the islanders defenseman in this game that i like best
1: yes And Today is Black Friday, yesterday is Thanksgiving, Monday is Cyber Monday, and we have an excellent deal for you. This is our way of saying thank you to the best DFS community in the world. We appreciate all of you supporting our shows, podcasts, articles. Without you, this would not be possible. So what are we going to give you? We're going to give you $5 for a week of Stochastic Platinum. That's 90% off the weekly price of $39.95. Use promo code THANKS or click the link in the description to take advantage of this killer deal. This deal won't be around for very long, so take advantage now. Uh, The deal runs for another three and a half days through the end of the 28th. So Stochastic Platinum gives you uh, access to everything on the site. You get it for $5 for a week. So if you've ever been on the fence about getting a membership, you you can test drive the whole site for $5 for the week, so take advantage of that. It is awesome. Let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Seattle Kraken with a 2.8 total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights have a 3.6 total, probably going to be Marty Jones, probably going to be Logan Thompson. We're in another slate here where the top line uh, Vegas isn't getting much ownership. They're still churning along here. Uh, This isn't the best matchup, but we saw Marty Jones kind of have a classic Marty Jones game the other night. I do like Vegas here. Um, I normally like the McCann, beneers Eberle line. And I think you can use them tonight because they're, you know, you get McCann and Eberle on the top power play unit for 7,000, the two of them on DraftKings. This isn't my favorite matchup for them. So, you know, like, I think you can use them, but my focus in this game is on the Vegas Golden Knights.
2: Yeah. Um, I, like, I don't think line matching matters a whole lot here. Like, since they mixed up. Um, the Burakovsky-Wenberg-Bjorkstrand line and, and moved Bjorkstrand down the lineup. Um, adding Jaden Schwartz has really helped that line defensively. Uh, and then uh, the Everly, uh Veneers, mccann line has also been pretty good defensively. I won't say pretty good defensively. I'll say that they're playing to a slow pace. Like, I'm pretty sure neither line um, has uh, shot attempts for and against over 100 per 60 minutes of 5-on-5 five five this year. Um 120 would be a reasonably high pace. 100 is pretty slow. Um, so they're really not – it's not like they are been elite defensively. It's just there's not a lot going on on the ice when they are on the ice. But, yeah, that Vegas top line not coming in with much ownership. Um, you know, I'll bring up our top stacks tool here real quick. Uh, Vegas won Eichel, Stone, Stevenson, 7.8% uh, over on DraftKings. Uh, over on FanDuel, uh, a very nice 6.9%. So um, I I think that you're perfectly fine to go back to Vegas 1. Like I always say, I think you can leave, leave Chandler Stevenson off the line because, um, one, he's not that cheap, and he doesn't shoot the puck. So you're relying on him either to donk a goal and assist at least um, or put up you know three assists with a bonus uh, over on DraftKings. It's a lot to ask of him uh, in a matchup. Um, I, you know, Vegas's top line still absolutely rolling 3.8 expected goals in nearly 200 minutes together. Um, one thing I will say is that Eichel's shot rate has come down a little bit over the last couple weeks. It's just that his shot attempt rate, sorry, his shot on goal rate has still stayed pretty high. And I wonder if it's just not a bit of good luck that he's hitting the net on more shots than he's supposed to be. Cause I think his his shot on goal. Percentage compared to his shot at 10 percentage is like 80 percent, which is uh um, really absurdly high. So I worry, about, I worry about Eichel, um, and his shot rate. But, um, you know, it can Martin Jones really keep this up, like you said? Um, he kind of, you know, they got away with it last game, but he still gave up five goals. Um, I I just really like the ownership on that Vegas top line here. Like if they're going to come in in single digits, it's hard for me to get away from Eichel and Stone. So I do like Eichel and Stone here. Um, if you want to drop down to Vegas two, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, they're not that cheap though. Like 15500 is is a decent price to pay, um, especially in a game where there may not be a lot of power play opportunities. So you don't get the Jonathan Marshall power play boost, even though he's on the top PP unit. Um, I do like Vegas one here on the Seattle side. Th- what I brought up in the power plays article was Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, he finally scored after going like 17 straight games without a goal or something like that. He scored in their last game, uh, Bjorkstrand, um, and Yanni Gord, uh, in 50 minutes together, 65 shot attempts, uh, per 60 minutes, which, you know, uh, is kind of a high pace and they might see if like Vegas, kind of flip-flops their lines a little bit in the bottom six, but they might see a fair bit of that Kessel and Cotter line at even strength. And that line has been awful defensively. If there's one weak link uh, on, the, on Vegas, it is that, you know, third, fourth line, whatever you want to call them. So I think Gordon and Bjorkstrand makes a decent two-man, even just a Bjorkstrand one-off. That's kind of where I'm looking on the Seattle side. Otherwise, I think the matchup is just a little too tough here. Um, so Vegas one, really do love them. Uh, maybe uh, some one-offs from Seattle three, but that's about it.
1: As we were, as you were talking, Philip Grubauer got confirmed. I don't know if that changes anything
2: for you. Uh, I mean, he's playing awful at the start of the year. So, I mean, maybe it's a downgrade for Martin Jones. Who really knows?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a question mark. Goaltending, always a question mark for the Seattle Kraken. Let's move to the blue line. Vinny Dunn plays like 26 minutes a night. Uh, he's forty seven hundred. That price is still really good. I don't mind him. Um, that's really about it. Like Petrangelo, seventy two hundred. If you want to put him on the power, like I don't think it's necessary. So maybe like Braden McNabb and Vinny Dunn from this game.
2: Yeah, I'll mention Adam Larson on DraftKings as well. Like Vegas does take a lot of shots, and he does block a lot of shots. He's one of those mid threes guys that I don't mind uh, playing this game. Uh, for another cheap guy, Carson Susie. Um it seems like we play him all the time, but I was looking at some scoring chance numbers and he's really helping the offense so far this year. So uh, maybe you can donk an assist in a couple shots for him or something like that. Don't mind Susie for Yeah.
1: And you know, we talked about how the Vegas top line, Detroit top line, hasn't getting much ownership because of Tampa and this line, Winnipeg jets, 2.7 total heading into Dallas. The stars have a 3.3 total. Connor Hellbuck, Jake Ottinger confirmed Dallas top line coming in, on DraftKings here. Uh, I do really like this matchup. Do I like the ownership? I played him the other night at really high ownership. I included Jamie Ben, who's coming in way less ownership. So, like, if you do want to get different, maybe you you add in, you know, a a Jamie Ben here. But, you know, Winnipeg's penalty kill, steering off the traditional bad, they've actually been pretty good this year. So, that being said, the Dallas power play – is elite they can get there i just i like if they were coming in at tampa's ownership like 15 i'd be more willing to be like yeah i'm going to play them but at 25 it's a different conversation jets on the other hand they're not getting much ownership here not the best matchup like i just don't like sam gania on that top line so maybe i'll go to like like okay, but we'll say Pierre Lac DuBlas up on the top line of Kyle Connor. So like maybe I'm going to Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Cole Perfetti. But
2: I don't know. What are you seeing? I'm just wondering why they made that change. Like yeah. I don't, I I don't really see how that benefits them. Like I know Shifley, uh and Wheeler do have a history together, and this team just got their brains beat in six one to Minnesota. So I guess that's part of it. Um, but Shifley and Wheeler typically have pretty bad defensive numbers together. And now that Shifley is playing with Wheeler, I wonder if Dallas doesn't consider that the top line here for this game. Um, it's really thrown a wrench in my plans because I actually had a little bit of interest in the Winnipeg, top, the old Winnipeg top line with Shifley and Connor there. The reason being, Dallas' Dallas's top line is still absolutely unbelievable offensively. But their defensive numbers have been starting to slide as the season's gone on. And in fact, in the month of November, they've only been about league average defensively, which again, not bad, but relative to where they had been through the first 12 months, 12 games of the season or whatever, Um, certainly a, a bit of a downgrade. So I had some interest in, in the Winnipeg top line, Uh, the old one. I don't anymore. Um, It's just more interest in the Dallas top line. Like, I don't think... Um, Pierre Luc Dubois is going to make that line any better. He's, you know, he's fine defensively, but he's not great. Um, you still have Sam Gagne on the other wing, Kyle Connor's not a really good defensive player. I wonder about chemistry with them playing together. Like, I know they played a little bit together last season, but it's typically been, um, Connor playing up on, um, Shifley's line. So they don't have, they, they haven't played a ton together. So I, I, yeah, I just, I think it would just be going to Dallas one. Um, I, I, it's it's not a bad spot. <sighs> the problem is, is like Dallas doesn't draw a lot of power play opportunities. Winnipeg's one of the least penalized teams in the league. Like you said, Winnipeg's penalty kill, like still excellent, like very very good. I'm talking like top five in the league. Um, good. Um, by shots against, uh, especially over the last few weeks. So, um, Dallas really lives on the power play. So, if they're going to come in at twenty five percent it's a different story when they're 18,400 and uh, the, rather than the Islanders' line, that's several thousand dollars cheaper. Um, I, they're fine to play. I still think it's a good spot, but you know, you got a Connor Hellebuck, you got a really good penalty kill. I think there are reasons to get away from Dallas here, but they you know, now that Winnipeg's just, you know, completely boggled their lines. Um, it is the Dallas top line that I like best here. Dallas two with um, Dennis Gurian back is kind of interesting to me because they had been good offensively uh, earlier this season when they were together and Mason Marchman is starting to shoot a bit, but I don't know if I'd full stack them here. I think it'd be more like a one-off marchman or or something like that. So um, I guess I'm out on Winnipeg now. Um, Thanks, Rick. Um, and I'm in on uh, more on the Dallas top line, maybe some one-offs from Dallas too. I think, you know, you can one-off Jamie Ben as well um, with him on the third line on the power play.
1: Yeah, and let's get to the blue line. There just is not much. Like, for the same concerns you have with Maureen Cedar, you have with Miro Haskinen, you can include him at 6K. I don't really want to, but, you know, if he gets in there, he gets in there. Esselindell 2,900, or even, you know, like Niels Lundqvist, on the Winnipeg side, it's probably just going to be, you know, Brendan, Dylan, maybe Nate Schmidt.
2: Yeah, um, Dylan DeMello back for Winnipeg, so kind of see how that goes. I Like, Nate Schmidt's fine. Um, there's just not a lot on the Winnipeg side that I like. I'll mention Yanni Hackenpah, our old buddy. Um, he's been blocking yeah, a G. lot of shots of late. Uh, his ice time took a little bit of dip in their last game. But he had been pretty consistently, you know, 19, 20, 21 minutes, putting up uh, a lot of blocks. Um, I don't mind and Pa uh, as another one of those cheap guys that you can use here tonight. Yeah, the finished version of
1: our pal, Jake Harry. Don't forget to click the link below and sign up for BetMGM. Deposit 10, win $200 if any soccer team scores a goal. Got to be a pre-game money line soccer bet. It's that simple. Last game of the night, Los Angeles Kings, 3.4 total. Heading into San Jose, the Sharks have a 3 total. James Reimer's confirmed. Kings never confirm their goalies, but it's probably going to be quick. Timo Meyer has been unstoppable lately. This is a pretty good matchup for him. I do like the Sharks' top line. There is stuff to like on the Kings' side here. The tour line has been playing a little bit better, but I still think going to LA, too, makes some sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, San Jose has been using the Hurdle Meyer line a little bit more against top lines, but I think it's going to end up the same situation like we talked about with Buffalo earlier, where it's just going to be a lot of top six against top six. Now, um, the Couture Bear Banoff Nieto line has really seen their defensive numbers kind of fall off. Um 2.7 expected goals against uh in their entire sample together. Uh, that number has been rising basically since their first few games together. Um I, so, you know, I, I think they're going to see a fair bit of Los Angeles two here tonight, Arvidsson, Deneau and Moore. So I did write up um, uh, Los Angeles two uh, in the power Place article they've been, you know, that line's been dominant in the month of November, um, 66% of the expected gold share when they're on the ice. They've been getting more ice time, like 17 to 18 minutes a game, which is pretty important because this was a line that at times is playing like 14, 15 minutes. So now they're up to like 17, 18. They do get a lot of power play time, even though the Kings have been have been having trouble drawing penalties of late. Um, it is Kings two that I like best. I like best here. They're not coming in uh, with very much ownership, uh, about six percent over on DraftKings. Um, more on FanDuel where they're relatively cheaper. Um, so, you know, it's more of a decision on FanDuel, but I really do like them on DK here. On the San Jose side, um, the Kings don't really take a ton of penalties and San Jose doesn't draw a lot. So you're really relying on five on five here. The Kings, it's just the Kings goaltending. has just been awful. Like, I I think they're last in the league over the last three weeks or close to it. So yeah, back to Meyer, back to Hurdle, back to LeBanc. I think that's where I would go. Uh, 3.2 expected goals in their time together this year, 5.2 actual goals. Meyer still sh- – I was looking it up earlier today. Timo Meyer has a sh- has the DK shot bonus in 14 out of 22 games this year, like nearly two-thirds of his games. Just an unbelievable tear. So, yeah, I do like San Jose 1 here, but I think my favorite line, pricing and matchup and everything considered, uh, is that Kings 2nd line.
1: Coming up right after us, we have the No House Advantage NFL show with A-10 and Jeff at 3 p.m. and then the No House Advantage NBA show at 3.30 with Emac and Gundacker. So check that out if you're staying on after us. Who are you liking in net tonight?
2: Oh, nobody. <laughs> I mean, now that Vimelkas price isn't in the sixes, it's up to 7500 It's more of a question. I like Jake Odinger um, flat out the best here tonight. Um, on both sites. I do like uh, James Reimer on both sites as well. Um, Billy Huso, I think, is another goalie that's just fine if you want to pay up a little bit. And uh, Corpus Salo on FanDuel, I think he's down to like 6,600. That's fine for me uh, over on FanDuel, but I think it's Ottinger uh, Ottinger and Reimer that I like the most here tonight.
1: Yeah, I like them too. If you want to spend up, I think Sorokin is the guy you want to spend up for. Who's uh, your hat trick pick?
2: Uh, I was uh gonna go with a New Jersey guy again. Um, now that they have new lines, I'm just gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with Nico Hishir.
1: Very nice. I'm going with Timo time, Timo Meyer.
2: There we go. I so, like it.
1: for some cliffy, I'm your host Josh Harris. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern, assuming I wake up on time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh good luck tonight we'll see you in discord and uh hope you guys win all the money
2: good luck everybody
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess haha in my dentist's office